Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfect perfection, excuse me, starts with Patron. What is good? this, the you good over there, I don't know what version. It doesn't sound like the Mariah version. It is not the Mariah version. It's the original original? I'm pretty sure that Mariah version is the second version oh, of that, isn't it? Is it a cover? I didn't know that. I thought so. And then the Lotto Big Energy would be the third version of that. I could be wrong on that. I'm not positive. Uh, the Chicago Bears were the Chicago Bears yesterday. And in front of Taylor Swift, sitting with Travis Kelsey's mom, uh, they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. And needless to say, on Friday, you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. I certainly got it wrong, as I thought. And then CC, I know, said the same kind of thing of... Well, Justin Fields, after calling out your coaches and requesting some new plays, maybe new style, less thinking, less robotic, well, he doesn't have a choice but to come out there and potentially ball out. Well, um, yeah, he didn't have 100 yards passing and he didn't have 50 yards rushing. He was absolutely terrible. And now the question as to whether or not he can be the guy moving forward is certainly a fair one to ask. I don't think he's going to be the guy moving forward. I think that's pretty obvious. They stacked themselves draft capital-wise for this upcoming draft. They have Carolina's pick. They have their pick. Both are likely to be top five picks. And when you have a quarterback draft like this year is, I mean, if you think about some of the quarterbacks all across college football, Caleb Williams at USC, Michael Penix Jr. at um, Washington, Shador Sanders at Colorado, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, Bo Nix at Oregon, Drake May, obviously, at North Carolina, Jordan Travis at Florida State. I'm just like great this weekend. Yeah, I'm just throwing out some of the names that are out there that even if they're not first rounders or top five picks, you're going to have access to a quarterback in a way that maybe you wouldn't have without that extra pick. It is getting harder and harder to look at that team and think they have the right head coach and the right quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity cost when it comes to passing on quarterbacks that have talent and presumably are going to be cheaper. Think about this. The Bears have to make a decision on Justin Fields' fifth-year option, and beyond that, you got to start talking about paying a guy a contract extension. Justin Fields hasn't done anything to merit that contract extension, and so I think they passed on Bryce Young at the top of this year's draft, or C.J. Stroud, whoever it would have been, to give Fields an opportunity to try to prove definitively whether or whether or not he's the guy. I think we're starting to get our answer, and it's not in the affirmative. But beyond just whether or not you got the right quarterback, do you have the right people coaching said quarterback, and do you have the right general manager to pick the said quarterback in the upcoming draft. I I don't know that you can say yes to either of those. So beyond just the Justin Fields of it all, I think it gets down to uh, an institutional level when it comes to bringing in another quarterback and making sure the infrastructure is in place to develop him properly. I can't trust that Matt Uberflus is going to do that. I can't trust that Ryan Poles should be the one to draft said quarterback. So 
I look at it from the standpoint of, okay, Justin Fields is not our guy. Now what's next? How do we pivot as an organization? And I think the most important thing is making sure you get the general manager-head coach combination right so you can get the quarterback decision right moving forward. Because you don't want Jordan Travis or Drake May or Caleb Williams, whoever it ends up being in 2024, to be the next name in line of failed first-round picks at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. That's such a great point, CC, because we should have seen more progression and development from uh, Justin Fields up until this point. I know it's only been three weeks, but it's been a bad three weeks, especially after the drama that happened after the press conference and the circle back last week. But why would we think that Chicago would be any different with a different quarterback in place? Uh, Evan, that's a great collection of talent that you just named coming out of college football this year. Mm -hmm. If Justin Fields coming out of college was in that mix, he'd be right there up at the top, right behind Caleb Williams, right there in the mix as one of the top picks in the draft. Why would we think that what Chicago has going on right now in the front office from an organizational standpoint, that if they were to take one of these young quarterbacks, a fresh crop of talent, if you will, that the results would be any different? Justin Fields deserves some blame, but he doesn't deserve all of it. Well, Ryan Poles, the general manager, I, I would assume, can make the case, hey, I didn't draft him. That wasn't my guy. Right? I mean, if but it is, your guy, it is your guy. It is your guy because you passed on the quarterbacks at the top of this year's draft. Right. So it is your guy. Like, you, you put the stamp of approval on Justin Fields by saying, hey, we're not going to take our pick of quarterbacks between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, and two of the three look like those guys can actually really play Richardson and Stroud. So we're not going to take any of those guys, and we're going to double down on Justin Fields. So, in effect, it is Ryan Pohl's guy. And if you're ownership, you have to look at that decision and say, really, this is the dude that you decided to roll with over these other quarterbacks that are showing well through their first three weeks of their NFL careers? Yeah, I'm not buying that. It's, again, an institutional issue. And Ryan Poles is a part of the brain trust that decided we're going to get Matt Eberflus as our head coach and we're going to roll with Justin Fields as our quarterback. His hands aren't clean in all of this. And that's why if there's Chicago Bears, you have to question everything that you're doing right now. So let's, let's go back in time for a second. When you were looking at the Chicago Bears going into this season, if it were you, would you have kept Justin Fields as your starter, starting quarterback? Yeah, I thought it was the right decision. I thought it was the right decision to give him an opportunity because of how he came into the league. You don't draft a quarterback when your head coach is on the hot seat. Probably not a good thing to do because you're going to reach and you're not going to develop him properly. You're probably going to play him before you want to. You made that point about Jordan Love and how the Green Bay Packers got it right not once but twice with Rodgers and now this latest transition. That's not what the Chicago Bears did. They've been reaching for quarterbacks, and they're going to reach again for quarterbacks. So then they're they're in the same situation. But that's my point. So why would we think anything would be different with this franchise moving forward unless they decide that they're going to clean house, get new people in there, fresh eyes on the situation, and evaluate it with the draft capital and the cap space that they have to reshape this team? Because what they've put in place right now is awful, and we're talking about yet another teardown and rebuild for Chicago. How exhausting that we're, we're right back here with Chicago. I mean, in the offseason, we were talking about Justin Fields potentially being in the MVP conversation. How did we get there, though? How did we get to that place where we were looking at Justin Fields as a hot MVP candidate? You're saying, maybe suggesting that it might have been misguided? I mean, how, like, how could we be that off, right? Because, like, so last year, my MVP pick was a horrific pick. It ended up being awful. was Russell Wilson. Mm. But 
at least there was a track record of this guy has won a Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl. The Broncos have done a good job. Peyton Manning coming over there. Now, now listen, people are going to also say, well, what about Joe Flacco? Because there's that, too, with the Broncos, mm-hmm. right? But how did we get to that place of thinking widely Justin Fields could be the guy? Well, year? if you look at the progression from year one as a starter to year two as a starter and the impact that he had with his legs in year two, it's very similar from a production standpoint to what we saw in Jalen Hurts' second year as a starter when he before he got A.J. Brown. And so we thought the addition of D.J. Moore was going to have a similar impact on Justin Fields' production as a passer. It just hasn't been able to work out that way, and it's because, in part, Justin Fields hasn't evolved to the point where he can read out his progressions in a way where he can deliver the football to the right receiver based on the route combinations and the coverages that the defense is playing. It's disappointing that he isn't better, but it's also disappointing that the head coach and the offensive coordinator haven't found a way to be able to blend what he does well with what they want him to be moving forward to get that quarterback to grow. So, again, this is not on all on Justin Fields, although he's got to do a better job of presenting a better face for the franchise than he did last week. This is also on the coaching staff. This is also on the general manager. So the expectations might have been unrealistic, but there's no way that Justin Fields should have fallen so far short of what we expected coming into the season. In addition to us projecting what we thought his growth would be as a passer, I think we also probably looked at the division and thought that there was an opportunity for the Bears to really no make doubt. some noise. The Vikings, we knew, were a little bit of fool's gold from last season. We didn't expect them to be better, better than they were last year, and they're proving us right. The Packers were an unknown quantity with Jordan Love. The Lions projected to win the division by most people, but – they're still the Detroit Lions. You didn't know if they were actually going to be able to do it. And so with the personnel in Chicago, with DJ Moore being added to the mix, you kind of thought if Justin Fields takes that step and we see that growth from him and the Bears simultaneously take that next step and maybe possibly win the division, he's going to be in that conversation. His name would have been in the mix. I mean, but if you think about it, how wrong we all were to even have the conversation, this guy is probably closer to being out of the league than he is an MVP. I wouldn't take it that far. I think there's always going to be a place for him in the league just because of the talent. There's going to be a coach that thinks that they can get more out of him than anybody else has. But I'm saying doing the comparison and contrast to the MVP race. Yeah. Justin Fields is not a guy yeah, that you no, ever no, think no, 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 be no, no, there. No, 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 he's not going to get there. He's not going to get there. Could he have a late career renaissance like we saw with Geno Smith? Sure, because the talent is undeniable, but it's about being able to marry – that talent with a scheme that 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 fits the player and that also translates to success. And that's been one of the biggest indictments on Fields is that we, he's got all of this ability. We know he's you know a great runner and he can he's got a lot of arm talent, but for all of those things, he's five and twenty-three as a starter. At, at some point, your skill set, your physical tools, your athletic gifts have to translate into putting the team in position to win football games. And more often than not, he doesn't do that. So, I mean, it's not great for Justin Fields, but to be honest with you, it ain't great for most of the quarterbacks in the 2021 draft class. Zach Wilson looks awful. Trey Lance has already been traded. Jury's still out on Mac Jones. And Trevor Lawrence hadn't looked great this year either. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure that somebody hears what you just said, 5-23 and 23 as a starter, says, well, that's not all on the quarterback. And I have a real tough time with people who say that. I understand it's not all on the quarterback, but you're the starting quarterback of a team and you go 5-23. and 23. It's on you. I'm sorry. It's not 100% on you, but quarter, team win-loss in games you start, to me, is an important note because it means you keep your team in the game or maybe get your team in the game or take your team out of the game. It's not a coincidence that they're 5-23 and 23 with him as a starter. It's not a coincidence that the Jets' record with Zach Wilson as a starter is probably not that great. I know it was at times last year, but I just think that is an important note to point out. Well, the case in point is Joe Burrow, right? What were the Cincinnati Bengals right. before Joe Burrow got there? Exactly. A team that hadn't won a playoff game in over three decades. Great point. He gets there, it turns around, win-loss record for Joe Burrow, pretty damn good. So it can't just all be about, oh, he went to a dysfunctional organization, all of this. So obviously, a lot of it is on the quarterback. But but we can't ignore the fact that the Chicago Bears are one of the most dysfunctional teams in not just all of football, but in all of team sports, period. And that's the part where it feels like it's going to be more of the same when it comes to them moving on from Justin Fields and parachuting another young quarterback into all of this dysfunction. Are the Swifties the most dominant unit in the NFL, or could it be another one? We'll tell you next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty gives us, Michelle Smallman and I, Evan Cohen, five things, three things, four things, things. We review them. Upon further review. Absolutely. Now, I, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't paying attention to the rejoin for upon further review before, but it did say chicken wings and mayonnaise. Does that have something to do with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm not a mayonnaise guy. Oh. I love wings, but I, chicken, mayonnaise? I thought, I thought that this might have been a buried take about you, that no, you like chicken not, wings and mayonnaise I'm, I'm and not, I was I'm not, I'm not Will Levis. No, it, it's it's chicken wings and I like my wings with blue cheese. So where did the where's the origin of this? I don't know. I guess Pat Pat Costello has an issue with blue cheese. He's a ranch guy must be. That that has to be where this is. Is he just from. setting you up? Yeah, he's, he's, he's slandering blue cheese with wings, Pat? which is absolutely a ridiculous take. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm now thinking that CC is getting old. We've had this conversation Many times about the mayonnaise and the wings. You don't remember any of this? No, I don't remember any of this. I don't know why y'all are laughing at me, though. I used to get hit in the head for a living, and CTE is a real thing for former players. It is. That's not funny, Evan. You're making fun of me. 
That's not cool. All right, let's kick this thing off. Number five. Number five. Sam Howell and the Commanders ain't ready for prime time. It's never a good thing when your quarterback throws four picks and gets sacked nine times, but all nine sacks are not on the offensive line for the Commanders because all nine sacks, Sam Howell held the ball for over four seconds, which is an eternity in the NFL. Oh, 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 no. It's not just on the offense for the Washington Commanders. It's also on the defense. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, what do they have in common? They're all first-round picks. You know something else they got in common? None of them sacked Josh Allen yesterday. You ain't going to win a lot of games when all of those dudes – don't put pressure on the opposing quarterback. When you lose the turnover battle five to nothing, it's probably going to get ugly on the scoreboard. That's exactly what we saw in D.C. Keep it pushing. Number four. I said this last week, and I'm going to repeat myself. Again, are we sure that the Jags are going to win the AFC South? Are we sure? There was no shame in losing to the Kansas City Chiefs a week ago because that is the bar in the AFC. But losing a home game to the Houston Texans, who's starting C.J. Stroud, his third ever game in the NFL, that's completely unacceptable. The team started slow. They were flat. First five drives went missed field goal, punt, block field goal, punt, and a fumble. And on top of that, they had an up-back return a sky kickoff for a touchdown. And said up-back was a full-back. You let a full-back house a kickoff for 85 yards. That can't happen. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. Like, that's supposed to be an easy win. The Texans are a slump buster. But guess what? Now teams are going to be looking at you as the slump buster. Three <laughs> weeks into the season, and you're at the bottom of your division. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, th- I thought the Urban Meyer era was over in Jacksonville, and that's what it looked like yesterday. No? I mean, in addition to not clicking on offense, they have dropped passes, penalties, turnovers. It was a mess. Minus 18-point differential for the Jaguars this year. I could care less about being wrong on predictions. I predicted Trevor Lawrence MVP. I'm more disappointed so far. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted him to be in that conversation with Burrow, with Hurts, with Allen, and obviously Mahomes. Like, I thought he was right for that next quarterback up. I'm disappointed that so far he has not proven himself. Yeah, Greeny picked Trevor Lawrence as his MVP. Not off to a great start. So it's, it's a classic. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah there you That's go. All right, Javante, keep it pushing. Number three. I'm going to sound like the old man that says, get off my lawn, but analytics shouldn't be used to defend dumb coaching decisions. What am I talking about? Of course, that would be Brandon Staley from the L.A. Chargers, who once again tried to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, up four on their own 24-yard line, less than two minutes to go. They decide to go for it on fourth and one, and you gift the Vikes a point-blank scoring opportunity inside the two-minute two minute warning. That can't happen. T.J. Hawkinson ends up dropping a perfect pass from Kirk Cousins in the end zone. That ends up getting tipped in the air, ends up being an interception. But as far as the analytics go, they defend Brandon Staley's decision to go for it. 89% of chance of winning the game if you convert on that fourth and one from your own 24. 82% chance of being able to win the game if you punt the ball. Now, I get it. Analytics is great over a huge sample size, but a 17-game regular season in the NFL ain't a huge sample size. So, Brandon Staley, you can take your analytics and shove them because guess what? They're a part of the reason why your team has the most blown double-digit leads since the start of 2022. Next. Number two. Zach Wilson shouldn't be allowed to start another game for the Jets. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. I mean, his team is down three in the shadow of their own goal line, and you take a safety in the end zone? That after your team drives 
13 plays, 87 yards for a touchdown to make it a one-score game? That's just a play that can't happen. I'm tired of talking about things that Zach Wilson should know better than to do on a football field, and yet we keep talking about it. Like, the Jets are clearly trying to win in spite of their quarterback, and that's a tough place to be in the NFL. So that organization needs to do something at the quarterback spot in order to try to salvage the season. They can't just keep trotting out number two. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying in terms of Zach Wilson's ability. I will also say, as crazy as this may sound, I actually think he did exactly what the coaches asked of him yesterday, which is to not turn the ball over. He played like his singular goal was to not turn the ball over. And I understand he's been turnover prone in the past, but if he took any risks, they may have won the game yesterday. So you're saying some of it's on Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff. I think it's absolutely on Hackett. I think it's absolutely on Robert Sala. I fought CC off at the beginning of the season where he said this coaching staff could be in jeopardy if they don't perform without Rodgers. I thought that was crazy. I no longer think it is. Proof in concept here, or proof of concept of them performing poorly. They absolutely should be in the crosshairs. I also wonder about morale. You saw things spiraling yesterday. Clearly, this team knows Zach Wilson is not the answer, and you have a lot of talent on this team. At what point do you realize that if you keep putting him out there under center, it's not going to... The tide is not going to change. And they almost won on a Hail Mary that was dropped by Randall Cobb. I know. As their fans' teeth are falling out during the course of the game. <laughs> wow. And the Jersey I, Shore I, cast was I, there. I, I'm, I'm just trying to have the, the entire picture, the imagery of it is just absolutely spectacular. Cavs are here. GTL going to lose? Is that where we're going? Oh, yeah. That's about right. All right. Number one. Number one. The Dolphins offense is the most dominant unit in all of football, and that includes the Dallas Cowboys defense. Now, I text you guys this before the Cowboys game even kicked off, so this is not revisionist history. Mm -hmm. I felt this way while watching that blowout that Miami had where they beat the brakes off the Broncos 70-20. to And it's crazy to say this, but the game wasn't as close as the final score would indicate. Keep this in mind. The Miami Dolphins took a knee when they could have run it up and broke an NFL record for points scored. They took a knee. Like, they just tried to run out the clock by running the football, and their running backs kept hitting their head on the goalposts. Both the running backs, Devin A-Chain and Raheem Mostert, had four touchdowns apiece. It's never happened before in an NFL game. They scored ten touchdowns. I think they punted once. They punted once. They scored ten touchdowns. It's absolutely ridiculous. But listen, as long as two is healthy – Nobody's stopping this offense. They're averaging over eight yards of play. The next closest offense averages six yards of play. They are just that much better than everybody else in the National Football League. And it feels like Mike McDaniel is a step ahead of everybody else from an offensive standpoint in the NFL. Including his mentor. He's probably better than Kyle Shanahan right now. And Kyle Shanahan's damn good. Don't get it twisted. He's awesome. Big game this week, Miami and Buffalo. Coming up, will he play tonight? Or won't he play tonight? We will get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPNU, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you on a Monday after the Miami Dolphins drop 70 points. The Dallas Cowboys lose an upset game to the Arizona Cardinals, and Taylor Swift makes all the headlines showing up for the Chiefs and the Bears game. But this Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. And, of course, there are two games tonight, but we are focusing Philly and Tampa, Rams and Cincinnati. We're focusing on maybe who may not play with Joe Burrow. Gut feeling right now, CC. do you think he plays tonight? No, I don't think he plays tonight, and he shouldn't play. Sometimes the team has to protect the player from themselves, and the Bengals should not only shut Joe Burrow down for tonight, he shouldn't play until after their bye week, which is week seven. Like The next time we see Joe Burrow on the field, it should be against the San Francisco 49ers in week eight just because of the nature of the injury. Cavs are tricky. They take longer than you would expect them to, and we've seen, based on what happened with Aaron Rodgers this season, that a calf injury not fully healed can lead to a more devastating injury with Rodgers being out because of the Achilles. So if you're the Bengals, don't take any risks with your franchise quarterback. You just gave this guy back $55 million a year, Take care of him, protect him from himself, and also protect what your team can be this year in terms of what their prospects are, what they could actually get done. But if he doesn't play, can they be that? Will they have gone so far down the line without Joe Burrow and put themselves at such a deficit that they're not even going to make the playoffs if he doesn't play? Well, I mean, listen, if your team struggles and can't get a split over the next four opponents, then you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So now you got the L.A. Rams tonight. After that, you're talking about on the road against the Tennessee Titans, the Arizona Cardinals, and then at home against the Seattle Seahawks. If your team can't get a split with your backup quarterback, then either you grossly misjudge your backup quarterback or you grossly misjudge how good your team actually is. Well, that's the thing. I have no, I'm not going to sit here and like act like I have any idea how Jake Browning's going to play. I have no idea. You guys never taken a snap in the NFL, right? Well, that's my point, but they know. They should have some idea because he's in their building. Yeah. They decided to go through the offseason and say, this is our backup quarterback. So if Jake Browning ain't good enough to make you competitive over the next four games, and make sure that your season doesn't get completely away from you, then that's an indictment on the front office. And by the way, the flip side is if the Rams win the game tonight, all of a sudden they are actually significantly better at 2-1 and one than we thought they would be. Yeah, but does anybody really trust the Rams, though? Do you trust the Rams more than you trust the San Francisco 49ers? No, Because that's, no, cla- no. that's the class of the NFC West. It might be the class of all of football. It's the not- I mean, it feels like right now we are heading towards a Niners- Chiefs slash Dolphins Super Bowl, right? Like, if you're going to say three weeks in, like, yeah. it's hard to imagine another NFC team outside of the Niners 
And it's hard to imagine an AFC team outside of the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Now, maybe the Bills want to say something about that, yeah. but it feels like that's where we're headed right now. Yeah, but if there would be another NFC team outside of the Niners, it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. It damn sure ain't the Cowboys. It's going to be Philadelphia, and they've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. Nobody's impressed with their wins uh, over the Vikings and their win over New England. the New England Patriots. We, we're not impressed with that. So this is an opportunity, national audience, to make a statement about what your team is now. This is one of those things where an unstoppable force means an immovable object. That would be Philly's run game, which is second in the NFL, against the run defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is second in the league. So those two going at it, I think that game within the game, that matchup is going to determine who's ultimately going to win this game. Because if Philly can run the football – Good luck being able to stop that offense. It's just not going to happen. Last week we were talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles while having success still not looking like themselves. I think we saw the Chiefs look more like themselves yesterday than we've seen them look all season. And it's time for the Eagles, too. I know Nick Sirianni said that it's a slow build for them throughout the season. We need to see them take another step forward and look a little bit more dominant. Yeah, I'm not surprised by the slow start, though, because you're changing both coordinators. You're changing both play callers. So there's always going to be a feeling out period, an adjustment period. And without having the reps in the preseason with your starters, like you're learning your personnel and you're learning what guys like in certain situations. But one of the calling cards for this team last year was getting out to fast starts. They had the best scoring differential in the first half, and they've gotten out to slow starts in games. So I think that's the area where they've got to get a little better at. Tonight is an opportunity to do. Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive. I want to go back to the Dolphins and the Broncos for a second. 70 points. Mm. Do you remember any game, either way, CC, that you ever played in where a team scored a ridiculous amount against you or you guys scored a ridiculous amount? Not to that that level. Not to that level. Like, what would you, if I said to you before yesterday, what's an absurd amount of realistic points that a team would put up that you as a player, a former player, would say, I can't believe we scored that many or I can't believe we let up that many? Uh, I would say 50 points. You give, 50. Up a, you give up a 50 burger in the NFL, like things have gone completely off the rails. And it's funny because Sean Payton says he remembers being on the right side of some of those lopsided games. And I remember being on the wrong side of one of those games against the Saints. It was Monday night football after Thanksgiving. We lost in New Orleans 49-24. to Now, that was in the 2011 season. That was in the midst of a stretch where we lost four straight games. We ended up winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Ain't nobody picking the Denver Broncos to win a Super Bowl. Like, they're not going to be able to get off the mat after this kind of loss. And so I'm curious to see where this team goes and who ultimately bears the brunt of the blame for the season getting off to this kind of start and being embarrassed the way that they did in front of the football world yesterday. And think about that. So – your big game, your po- big points game, was still 21 points less <laughs> yeah. than the Broncos scored. Yeah. And you scored four more points than the Dolphins scored. Yeah, and we gave up 577 yards of total offense, and the Broncos gave up 728. That's ridiculous. 728 yards of offense. That's crazy. Ten total touchdowns. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. Now, listen, I get that everybody wants to focus on how bad the defense is, and they deserve a lot of blame. Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, shouldn't skate by under the radar. He needs to be front and center and own a lot of this, too. But, guys, it's complimentary football. We knew that if 
the Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos offense couldn't match points, that it was going to be a long day down in South Beach. They had no chance if they were only going to go into that game and score 20 points, right? right? If I told you the Denver Broncos were only going to score 20 points before they kicked off that game yesterday, you would have said that game was an L or a win for the, for the Broncos. It would have been a loss, right? L. Exactly. So, I mean, Russell Wilson and that offense had to be better than what they were. So to sit here and say, well, we shouldn't blame Russell Wilson is absolutely ridiculous. When Russell Wilson in that offense gets a point-blank scoring opportunity at the plus 35-yard line when it's an 11-point game in the first half, you got to cash that in for points, dog. You can't take a sack. You can't have negative plays and get pushed out of field goal range and be forced to punt. Those types of things can't happen. Again, complimentary football, offense and defense working together. That didn't happen yesterday. And so you're wondering now if Sean Payton has a conviction about his quarterback one way or the other, because it certainly feels like he doesn't believe in Russ. I mean, he kept that guy in for the entirety of the game. So, I mean, it just feels like Russell Wilson is not Sean Payton's quarterback. And if he's not, where does Denver go from here at that spot? I don't know if we ever really thought that that was his quarterback. It was just the quarterback that he inherited, right? But we know that the Broncos absolutely got beat down by the Dolphins yesterday. CeCe shared a beatdown of his own. Evan, when you mm. threw eight picks against Nyack, what yeah. was the final score there? 39-13, I believe. Oh. No, I'm wrong. I was 13 of 39 with my passing. Oh, dear God. <laughs> what was the final? That's a great – I don't know the answer to that. Was it higher than what we saw in the Dolphins-Broncos game No, they Broncos didn't score 70. Okay. They did not score se- – I don't think they scored 70. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, you know I'll, I'll look into but the point is, you see that in high school and college games, you never see that in <laughs> no, the that's NFL. A, that's a money it's game. Like, it's like an FBS team right. going off for an FCS school. It's a money we're game. Like, we're going to yeah. invite them in there. Yeah, they're going to get their half a million yeah. dollar check, <laughs> and we're going to beat the brakes off of them for homecoming. That's what it felt like yesterday for the Miami Dolphins. And I guess it kind of was their homecoming because it was their first home game, right? Well, and it was also Mike McDaniel against his hometown team and the Denver Broncos that he was a ball boy for that never gave him a job interview. You think that maybe factored into some of it in the back of his mind? He'll never admit to that, but I guarantee he thought about that. Oh, which is why I was surprised that they didn't go for the record because that was in my mind too. I think that was very smart of him not to because if he went for that record and they kicked a field goal up 70 to 20, it's all anybody would be talking about today besides Taylor Swift, but it's all anybody would be talking about because it would have broken a record and it would have been an unnecessary thing. We would have debated that unnecessary. Well, we're saying we're still debating it. We're saying that they should have broke the record. Like, no. how could you get that close to the record? Right re- oh, how could you get that it. close to you the record and not break it? it? Don't you owe it to those guys to have a chance at NFL history? That's a chance at NFL mortality having that record. I don't know how these seasons go in, but they had a chance to say we were the highest scoring offense in a one-game sample size in NFL history. Ain't no way I'm giving up that chance. I- I'll Look tell at this you what. Blow up, by the way. Yeah, he, that we uh, say on ESPN. I, I think that he is, is probably up? is it is it a glow up? I think you think it's a glow down? I don't know. I think Mike McDaniel is probably more liked by his players than any coach in the league right now. I think well, that, right now, who's having it, more fun than that? Well, them? I'm saying more than Andy Reid, more than Mike Tomlin. I think more than Pete Carroll. I think he is liked more than any other coach in the league. By the way, Monday Night Football tonight, I want to just get a quick pick in. We're right in the middle of the pack in terms of the standings after three weeks. Game night, 8-1. and one. Freddie and Harry, 6-3. and three. Carlin versus Joe, 6-3. and three. We're 5-4, and four, so we're kind mm. of in the middle of all the shows. Uh, CeCe, give us your picks. Eagles at the Bucks tonight. Philly favored by five. Ooh. I, mm. As Pat Costello, our producer, points out, we will have Kelsey and Swift on the field. Yes, that's, that's true. That's Jason and DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am going to 
I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm leaning toward the Bucks and the points. I don't think the Bucks Ooh. are going to win. But they'll keep it close. But they'll keep it close. Okay. All right, Rams at Bengals. Cincinnati favored by two. Again, this is an impossible one because we don't know the Joe Burrow status. Oh, I'm taking the Rams. Even if Joe, Joe Burrow is out there playing, I know he's not going to be healthy. He can't push the ball down the field. He only has one completion past uh, 15 yards this season, and that happens to be the Geno Stone, and he plays for the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, I'm rolling with the L.A. Rams. I'll take the two points. Thank you very much. Coming up, I'm over it. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Josh McDaniels, coach of the Raiders, getting a lot of heat because he decided to kick a field goal down three, down eight points late with 225 to go on the eight-yard line. And analytics, I guess, are all over it. According to ESPN Analytics, going for it would have given the Raiders a 15.8% chance to win uh, compared to 102 by kicking the field goal, which means they didn't really have a good chance of winning. They didn't have a great chance of winning, yeah. You know when you lose your great chance of winning? When your head coach, I'm sorry, when your quarterback throws three interceptions. That's when you have a bad chance of winning with Jimmy Garoppolo for the Raiders. And Mike Tomlin... What a surprise. Has the Steelers with a winning record. He always does. Two and one on the season so far. All right. But Pat Costello, our producer, is uh, mad at the world, right? He's, he gets <laughs> mad at CeCe for having a shirt that with uh, horizontal stripes that he says looks like He says I look Waldo. like Waldo, yeah. Yeah. That hurt. He, but he, like cut, the he cut me deep. He cut me deep. I don't think he cares, though. I don't think he does no, either. No empathy for me. I'm sorry. At all. These are pink stripes. I'm loving no. the fabric, Cece. Waldo could never. And you know what, Smalls? What really matters is my wife likes it. Go. So that's that's all that matters. Uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. I'm, not, I, I'm not going home to Pacastello, so it's all good. <laughs> if you were, you'd have trains and you'd have old ladies and soup all over his apartment. What? Trains and old ladies. What? Trains. <laughs> I, I thought there were old ladies outside your apartment. Am I just trains and old ladies? Hey, yes. Whoa! Does what Pat do you Costello know about Pat Costello's personal retirement life? community? Right? Like, what is going on? Uh, maybe I got wrong with the old ladies, but Pat, explain the train situation. Do you well, not there, have a train situation? There's a train that is near my house. So let's, let's be very clear about mm-hmm. what's happening. Oh, Tries I think my collecting little train, train, little train yeah. sets. He, he puts he's on got the conductor train hat. Sets. Oh, no, no, he's got the He's got matzo ball suit. <laughs> he doesn't have the matzo ball soup. He just has all kinds of other soups. But uh, Pat, and the, and old, the old ladies part, like what? Yeah, where, where do we get the old ladies? Uh, Pat always says he's over everything. So Pat Costello, the floor is yours. What are you over today? Let's take a listen. Over living next to a train, I can tell you that much. Sunday, never mind. Uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I'm so over already. Like I need to just, I need them out of my life. I don't need this at all. I'm tired of talking about them. I'm tired of seeing it all over Twitter. 
It's enough. Like enough. There, she went to a football game. Cool. Like, can we just please get over the Taylor Swift thing? Uh, good luck on that. Good luck on that one. This is only going to get bigger in terms of the amount of people covering this because you're going to have the non-sports world in on this. I don't. I mean, you could be over it, but I mean, people are going to be buzzing about it. We're asking Bill Belichick about it. Like, we've already jumped the shark and it just started. So, if she doesn't go to another one of the Chiefs games, is Kelsey officially friend zoned? See, that's, that's the point. Question. Like, I, like that's point. the point. Like, I don't like. Like, if it's your lady, then she has to go to more games, right? If she only so. goes to one game, then then they're really just friends. But what if she's like, "Hey, babe." A lot of attention on me in the suite. Don't want to detract from you on the field. I'll be watching from home cheering you on. No. No, I ain't going for that. But that's where that's <laughs> I, where I ain't going for that. Maybe Travis is. I ain't going for it. That's where Pat is saying he's over it because that conversation about her going to games, not going to games, oh, she didn't go to a road game. What does that actually mean? That becomes a whole thing. Yeah. So Pat's in trouble. Okay. What else uh, you over? Dan Lanning. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? Like Dan, Dan Landing did all the things that people accused Deion Sanders of doing, and everyone was just cool with it. He says that he doesn't do things for clicks when they're filming in the locker room and then posting it. Clearly, they're doing things for clicks. Uh, we're never going to talk about Dan Landing again this season, so I hope he enjoyed the one week that we did. <laughs> I think we'll end up talking about him because I think he's got a good team, but I yeah. think it is interesting when you're critiquing someone else for doing things for clicks with the ESPN cameras in your locker room. That is a fair critique. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. He's clearly doing it for attention. That's the only way that Oregon will release it is because they want that pregame speech out there. But, I mean, I just – I think it's absolutely ridiculous that all of these coaches are clout chasing off of Coach Prime and just lets you know where Coach Prime is when it comes to the landscape of college football. The thing that I can't get over, Ev, is the Karen that was on Twitter that said, Dan Lanning is taking a stand for all of us. I'm just like, Who's who the us? hell is us? What? what are you talking about? What? It's a college football game. You might not like Coach Prime's style. You might think he's a little bit flashy. But guess what? It's a message and it's a style that resonates with this generation of athletes, which is why Coach Prime is going to win the recruiting roars, which is what ultimately translates to sustained success in college football. Yeah, I love Coach Prime as much as anybody. I am firmly on the Colorado bandwagon. I've, I've called it the hottest club in America. But if you're Dan Lanning, you have have to fire up your team. And how do you do that? You say, no one's paying attention to us. All the cameras are on them. They're doing things for clicks. This is how you motivate the people in that locker room to go out there and beat Colorado. Cameras present or not, I thought he did a great job of inspiring his team. Yeah, but I mean, the, the ridiculousness of saying that they're doing things for clicks, they're actually out there trying to win football games. Oh, of course. Like, like to say that we're doing, I'm not we're saying doing that it the for content clicks. We're, we're doing it for clicks. We're not actually trying to win football well, games. Well, that's the it's thing. Ridiculous. If people actually stop and listen to what Deion Sanders has to say. He actually sounds way more like Saban and Belichick than he does what people have made up Deion Sanders to sound like. He actually doesn't give you as many one-liner sound bites as people have made up. This is not the guy who was playing baseball and football back in the day. This is the guy that's a grown man with children on his team. Young, his actual children, I'm saying. Not that the kids... I'm saying, like, he's, he's an adult. He's a coach. He's coaching student-athletes. I don't think he's giving a lot of bullets and board material at oh. all. And I think, I think Saturday was one of his best coaches moments because of how he handled said defeat. He gave them I mean, all the credit. Gave them all the credit. Oregon the the handshake. He was classy. All of his players were classy. It wasn't a thing when everybody was making it all a hoopla and trying to shove it in their face and saying, you're not who we thought you were. 
they handled their defeat with class after getting embarrassed in a national TV audience. That says a lot about the sports character of Coach Prime and his team. Oh, and he's not calling anyone else no, out, nobody. by the way. He's reacting to things that are said about him. Exactly. The sunglasses, that's not him. No. That's straight Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach. He just capitalized on it. But his comments post game, if you listen to him, are way more, if you just transcribe them, you would say, oh, it was that Saban or Belichick that said that. Yeah. It's Dion. All right, Pat. What else are you over? Last one, Kirk Cousins and uh, us having to pretend like Kirk Cousins is a really good starting quarterback. He's made a ton of money, and he's done exactly nothing. The square root of nothing, actually. Uh, and we just have to keep pretending like he's going to like jump into the Jets and make him a Super Bowl contender when there's no evidence to support that whatsoever. I'm over Kirk Cousins. He's mediocre, and he's always going to be mediocre. Okay, so before we jump into the Kirk Cousins part of it, is there like a sneaky storyline here that maybe the Jets wouldn't have been that good with Rodgers? That maybe their team is actually not that good because that offensive line is kind of weak? I mean, is there like, I'm just, did they almost avoid a disaster here in some way? Not because of Rodgers. Rodgers is obviously a million times better than Zach Wilson. I just wonder if maybe they wouldn't have been that good anyway. Well, listen, man, good good quarterbacks find ways to overcome deficiencies on team, and I, ha- I have a hard time believing that Aaron Rodgers in 18 years in the NFL wouldn't have found a way to be able to overcome their offensive line. Now, they didn't have Dwayne Brown yesterday. They moved Mekhi Becton out back to left tackle. It felt like it was a disaster anyways. But, yeah, that offensive line is a problem, but I think Rodgers could have found a way to overcome it had he not gotten hurt. Um, but yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is a quality quarterback. I, I completely disagree with Pat. If you look at who's leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, it ain't Tua, it's Kirk Cousins. And I think he could be a quality quarterback and lead a team to a playoff berth and potentially a playoff win. He does have a playoff win on his resume, even though last time we saw him in the playoffs wasn't great. He got outplayed by Daniel Jones. But yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is better than whatever the else the Jets are doing at quarterback. Yeah, there's a whole crop of NFL teams that would like Kirk Cousins to be their starting quarterback. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's you're sick of the conversation because we haven't seen a guy like this where it's going to be trade rumors, like the same way you'd be sick of Dame Lillard or James Harden conversation. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of his actual play, the guy has nine touchdowns, two interceptions through three games. He's throwing the ball at basically a 70% completion percentage. I know he had a bad play late, which CeCe said it was not on him. No. He's been great this year. The ball hit TJ Hawkinson in both hands. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what, what else they're uh, you know what else they're leading the league in? Losses. <laughs> yeah, we get it. But like, I mean, if you don't think Kirk Cousins would make a difference on another team, I think that's just being unfair. Like you put him on a team like Tennessee or that's Atlanta. That's supposed to be on the Vikings. That's the whole reason they brought him in was And they the won guy. they won a ton of games last year. They haven't done nothing. They've achieved nothing with Kirk Cousins. Well, okay, well then, like, a lot of teams have achieved nothing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That. Unless you win a Super Bowl, you've achieved nothing. Yeah. What, are we, what are we saying? And this was a third-round pick. This is not the top pick. And this is not Zach Wilson drafted second overall, right? This is a guy that was not supposed yeah, to ever be fourth round pick. Fourth-round yeah, pick. Fourth I apologize. Pick. Yeah. Greeny coming up next. We are on a Tuesday on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.